0: Woke up quick at about noon. Loved ones, what's good? And a very happy holiday to you. I guess for some of you, it's a holiday. Welcome into the podcast with Damian Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar with locations in East Sacramento, Oak Park, and Folsom. The best organic cold-pressed juices, acai, bowls, and superfood smoothies. In all over the city, of course, they got great snacks and lunches as well. We appreciate you, as always, for being here with us. I recognize today is a holiday for a lot of people, but I also recognize holidays don't quite have the same feel that they used to. They're not quite exactly the same. I don't know how much a holiday is a holiday when you're working from home. Now, I know a lot of people are working from home and they're like full steam ahead there. I know a lot of you are working from home and you actually work more now than you did when you were at the office because you can't really separate being from home, you know, being at home from being at the office. Whereas, you know, when you got the nine to five, you get up, you get dressed, you go to the office from nine to five and then you come home when you're at the office all day, because the office is your home, sometimes it's harder for you to, you know, walk away from the computer or put your work away. I know a lot of people who are working from home who are working, you know, 10, 11 12 hours a day now because they can't separate themselves from the office. And I thought, man, like I was prepping the show last night and I thought, man, there's a there's some there's some stuff here we gotta talk about. And I realized, oh, wait a minute. Like tomorrow, I think tomorrow's like one of those. Like fake holiday, it's like it's a floating holiday. It's a manufactured holiday to allow, you know, employees and people to get a, 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 an extra day or so off. And I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't do the podcast. And then it dawned on me. <laughs> I don't have anything else to do. Why not? And I thought, oh, you know, it'd be great. We don't have to do the podcast tomorrow. I could sleep in. Dude, I haven't slept past 6 a.m., in months. I don't think I've slept. I think the latest I've slept, and I woke up in a damn near panic, and it was a Sunday for God's sakes. It was like 553. And I thought, holy crap, it's 553. I was like, okay, Sunday. I don't have to do the podcast. It's like, wait a minute, why am I at five fifty-three? But it happens every single weekend. And then today, for some reason, my body decided, hey, you know what'd be great? You know what's better than waking up at five fifteen without an alarm waking up at 4.05 and that's what I did today woke up at 4.05 I was going to do the podcast no matter what but really when that when I when I rose at 4.05 it was like all right let's let's get down to business let's do a podcast here let's hang out so I appreciate those who whether you're I don't know man if you're if you're just hanging out and today's a totally normal day for you I appreciate you letting me be a part of it I appreciate you letting me be a part of every day Uh, All I ask is this weekend that you be responsible, whatever you decide to do. If you're having uh, family gatherings, just wear your mask or keep your social distance. If you're not around the people that you're normally around, Uh, just be smart, uh, be careful. And uh, if you're listening, I love you. But if you set off fireworks in a neighborhood, I I, I hate you and you're an asshole. Please just remember that. And also, if you're about to set off some stupid ass, lousy noise, noisy firework, uh, remember dogs. That's it. So I'm bracing for what's going to be a miserable two days because I'm sure there are plenty of people who are going to be uh, having gatherings lighting out fireworks tonight as well as tomorrow. And I know it's going to be a rough, rough, no pun intended, a rough couple of days for my uh, two yellow labs. So we're going to be hanging out here at the house. Uh, Patreon subscribers I'll have some podcasts coming up for you here uh, in the next couple of days. Sacramento Kings fans, I'll have a podcast coming up for you probably later today, if not later today on saturday as well over on the sacramento kings podcast presented by hoopball and the hoopball podcast network so with all of that out of the way let's get down to business uh, oh one more thank you uh to the one the new subscribers of course if you're new to the show appreciate you so much and if you've left a review and i've seen a lot of those come in reviews and ratings on apple podcast heath that was a some of you guys are pretty clever with your reviews and i greatly appreciate those as well man um Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening, but particularly on Apple Podcast, if you could hit that fifth star, if you think we're worth five stars, uh, and, and if you got an extra 45 to 60 seconds to leave us a review, that would be uh, pretty great as well. Those go a really long way in helping us get noticed. And in addition to the downloads, it helps us climb up uh, that iTunes algorithm and helps us get noticed across our city. Uh, and across our region so uh, go check us out there let's do a normally we do a follow-up at the end of the show but I feel like it's worth doing a follow-up here at the beginning of the show as we were talking about uh, the Washington football team yesterday and how there's an investment firm that is kind of breathing down the neck of some of their uh, bigger investors Uh, Nike for one FedEx was one Pepsi was one Uh, It was 87 investment firms, which represent $620 billion in assets. Well, apparently, those investment firms got the attention of a couple of those organizations we just named. Namely, and this is the biggest one, FedEx. FedEx, if it doesn't ring a bell, FedEx Stadium, where Washington plays. They issued a very short and clear statement last night. We have communicated to the team in Washington our request. They change the team name. That was the end of the statement. That is pretty emphatic and it is pretty straightforward. We have communicated to the team in Washington our request that they change the team name. That was from FedEx. What did Nike do? No statement from Nike. No statement at all. However, all Washington merchandise has been removed from that website. The Washington team is completely omitted from Nike's, uh, you can't buy it on Nike.com. You can't buy Nike merchandise um, on NFL.com. Like it's, it's gone. Uh, several years ago when the NFL, I don't think it was when the NFL first approached Dan Snyder, but it was the most recent approach uh, by the NFL to Dan Schneider. His exact quote, this was seven years ago, will never change the name. It's that simple. Never. You can use caps. Okay. Well, FedEx is talking and Nike is talking. Pepsi's is interesting. Nike, Nike and Pepsi are interesting. FedEx has a deal for the stadium naming rights. That's a big deal for Washington. That's a big deal for Dan Schneider. And not only that, the owner or the, I guess you'd call them the the principal owner of, of FedEx is a partner in the Washington team with Dan Schneider. So this is essentially one of Dan Schneider's top partners saying, hey, it's time. Change the name. And now you have two major corporations saying, hey, it's time. Change the name or else or you're going to it you know or else generally has a major consequence to it and in this case that major consequence is money that is yeah I, I mean i think sometimes you could put out a statement and the statement is wordy and the message gets lost when you put out a statement that says we have communicated to the team in Washington our request that they change the team name and that's the end of the statement that's that's significantly more jarring than a page long um than a page long press release that's like the that's like the Michael Jordan I'm back statement it's so legendary because that's all it's it's two words i'm back and it's emphatic right i'm back imagine getting a press release and it it's two it's two it's one sentence two lines that's what that is this is this is, this is i didn't think this was a story yesterday when I mentioned it, I thought it's worth bringing up because this is the only thing that will get Dan Schneider's attention is the potential loss of money. But really, you have an investment firm that is urging the sponsors. That was the story we brought yesterday. The investment firm that was urging the sponsors to essentially pull out of their advertising deals. It's like, okay, it's, it's, it's noteworthy, but until the advertisers do anything, it's not a story. Well, today, it's a story. It was a story the second uh, FedEx put out that statement. Uh, There's a company called Change the Mascot. They praised FedEx's decision, and I quote here, Change the Mascot praises FedEx and fully supports its historic request for Washington's NFL team to start using the R word, racial slur, as its name and mascot. Uh, FedEx is rising to the moment and doing the decent thing by Challenging the team to stop disparaging and de- denigrating, I can read, I promise I can, denigrating people of color by maintaining a team name that is an offensive, racist epithet. Uh, that's the end of the quote right there. Uh, but I, I, again, we, I just go back to Dan Schneider and that quote from seven years ago, we'll never change the name. It's that simple. Never. You can use caps. Now what, though? Right, so now what happens? So we've got... So so FedEx was first, and then Nike stepped up. And again, Nike, at least as of this recording, at 5.38 a.m. on July 3rd, Friday, July 3rd, Nike has not issued a statement regarding Washington yet. But as we noted, Nike.com, there's uh, no merchandise at all uh, bearing the logos of the Washington football team. And I think... You know, I, I know there are people who think and, and we had this conversation yesterday. And again, this was this was just a conversation. And that's why I don't want you to get me confused with, you know, with other people in sports media where uh, sometimes when I pose a question, it's not to pose a question and show you how smart I am and intellectual. I'm thinking, no, sometimes I'm posing a question and actually asking you a question. We were talking about team names yesterday. If Washington needs to change their name, who else does? My feeling is Cleveland needs to change their name. The, the, the Cleveland baseball team, the Cleveland Indians. I don't feel like, like I won't say Washington's name because I've read enough about that to, to, to find out who finds that offensive. I, I I don't know that. I don't know if the Indians are offensive. It just feels uncomfortable. and I And I know a lot of it has to do with the the uh, the old character logo that they they have gotten rid of in very recent years that they have gotten rid of that has a lot to do with the you know uncomfortableness of the whole thing but at the same time it's like, uh, I, I I never felt like uh, the Cleveland Indians it's I don't know it just feels weird I brought up the Kansas City Chiefs do they do they need to change their name I again, it's, 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 it's a question. It's not me saying, Oh, this is offensive. And we've got like, I'm, I'm genuinely asking, you know, someone on the text line yesterday, uh, forgive me for not having it brought up the, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. I, I, I don't know. is this is, this is, you know, Native American culture. This is not my, this is not my strong suit. This, this is where I defer to experts. This is where I defer Uh, to people who can speak greater on this. But the Washington football name's got to go. It's been needing to go. And this is the first time there is significant financial pressure on Dan Schneider to do that. The amount of money that he could stand to lose by FedEx pulling out of this uh, agreement, the amount of money he could stand to lose if, um, one of the co-owners of the Washington team pulls out of their agreement, uh, the amount of money they could lose if Nike just says, we're not selling your merchandise anymore. Nike is a strong enough of a, an entity to go to the NFL and say, nah, man, we ain't doing that. We are not selling the merchandise of that organization anymore. And this is, you know, this goes into, this goes into, you know, things that we've been talking about really I I felt like we talked about it through the entire month of June where you had, you have different major companies, you know, talking about in one way, shape or form, Black Lives Matter. And it's like, okay, it's great that everybody's making these statements, but when are you going to put some money behind what you're doing? Uh, Washington and, and, and these team names have nothing to do with Black Lives Matter, but this is putting money behind an initiative. This is past talking. This is like, okay, this is what y'all want to do. All right. FedEx and Nike have said, okay, this is what y'all want to do. The question is, what's next? What are the ramifications from it? If Dan Schneider steps up again, I'll repeat it for the third time, we'll never change the team name. If he stands up today here as a big news dump at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and says, I told you seven years ago, we're never changing the name. FedEx can do what they want. Nike can do what they want. We'll never change the name. Then what? Then what happens? See, he can't be that standoffish because FedEx would obviously bounce. Nike would bounce, but that would turn off so many other advertisers that he he would lose significantly more than those two. Dan Schneider's strong suit isn't tact. Like I, I don't know how he can strategically approach this. Because I I feel like he is, by nature, a douchebag. And he's going to come across in all of his douchiness when it's time to address this. Because that's who and what he is. He's he's one of those guys who owns a football team because he wants to be in the club. Has nothing to do with business. Has nothing to do with uh, anything of that sort. He owns it because he wants to be a part of that very, you know, there's... You know, what, hundreds, you know, hundreds or maybe thousands. I don't think there's, maybe there are thousands of billionaires in the world. That's, it's an elite club, of course, when you're talking about, you know, a population of, you know, hundreds of million or whatever. It's an elite club, for sure. But when you can say you're one of 32, that's why these guys own these football teams. Every single one of them, except well, except Mark Davis, every single one of them was a billionaire in some way, shape or form before they owned a team. They got their money somewhere else. They invested into this franchise so they could be one of the 32. That's it. Well, I I always say 32. It's not 32 because Mark Davis doesn't count and Green Bay doesn't count either because they're publicly owned. So it's really like you to be one of 30. It's a a prestigious club. And still, when you factor in green Bay being publicly owned and Mark Davis, it's a prestigious club. That's why guys are a part of it. Jerry Jones was a billionaire before he bought the Cowboys. He's done a great job of becoming a billionaire multiple times over because of the Dallas Cowboys. Sure. Can't deny that. By the way, anybody hear from Jerry? Anybody? Bueller? Nobody. Okay. Keep it moving. So it's, that's, that's what this is about. And so if Dan Schneider steps up and says, ah, my team. It's what, it it was the name when I bought them. There's a, you know, I, listening to, um, I listened to, I've mentioned this on many occasions, the podcast, something to wrestle with the Bruce Pritchard podcast. And one day I, I, maybe not on this podcast, maybe on a, on a, on, on a Patreon podcast or something, we'll dissect the very real and very ugly history of racism within professional wrestling, but they constantly use this term. And it, and it, and it, doesn't just pertain to racism. It pertains to homophobia. It pertains to women. It pertains sexism, like everything. Uh, well, it was a different time. And like when we, well, it was a different time. And normally we're talking about something that happened like 1999 or 2000, like just 20 years ago. Well, it was a different time. And it, I, it's fascinating. It's it's almost like the uh, it's it's almost like the Black Lives Matter thing, where it's all of a sudden like, oh, you guys are just realizing they matter now, huh? In in Washington, it's it's a fascinating example. Like, how did we get to the point where we're finally this? And and Dan is right. Dan Schneider is right in this one sense. This is this was the team name when he bought it. When he bought the organization, it's been the team name forever. How did we finally, you know, how did who was the first person to stand up and say, you know? This ain't right. We sh- we've got to come up with something. We've got to do something different. Like, who was the first person who stood up and said, or, or maybe they weren't the first person who stood up and said, but who was the first person who got people's attention and said, you know, that mascot in Cleveland? You know, the, what was the name? Chief Wahoo? What, that's not the most flattering thing in the world. Like, maybe we should, maybe we should consider getting rid of that. And we, as you know, as we all know, one person never gets the job done. One person has to be the spark. They have to be the spark that sets the blaze. Well, Somebody said a spark here in Washington, and I felt like it was just a series of sparks, and there are people like me and a number of other media people who have tried to respect those people who don't appreciate that name and no longer referred to them by their mascot name and refer to them as the Washington football team. I've never been uncomfortable doing that. But it doesn't matter. What I do doesn't matter. What Peter King or Mike Florio or, uh, you know, random sports media person, ABCD, podcast host, ABCD, none of what we do, none of that matters. FedEx matters. Nike matters. Will Pepsi step up? What other organizations uh, we'll step up. That's a story I think we'll be following here uh, in the coming days. We'll get to some Kings news. We'll get to the 20 pounds of muscle story. There's actually two of them circulating around the league. It's all, we're, we're peak off season, even though it's not the off season. I love those stories. We'll share them with you. Uh, the NFL has said uh, that it is, or let me rephrase that. Sources say the NFL is going to play the, quote, Black National Anthem in week one of the NFL season, just week one, by the way, this isn't going to be a trend throughout the season. It's going to be just week one. They're going to play a song called lift every voice and sing. Uh, It is referred to as the black national anthem. So here is uh, a moment of vulnerability for you in which I truly embarrass myself. I had no idea that the black national anthem was a thing. Now I knew the song lift every voice and sing, but I didn't know I didn't know what it was. And if you've heard it, you may not know that you've heard it, but you've heard it. You've heard it in Do the Right Thing. Uh, you've heard it. Uh, Beyonce covered it. We'll, we'll, I, I'll, drop, I'll play the Beyonce version for you as the show signs off. Uh, Beyonce sang it on, on, at Coachella. Uh, you've probably heard it. You just didn't know it was the Black National Anthem. I was in, I could tell you exactly where I was, where I learned this. I was at a Sparks Monarchs game at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. And I was with um, former Sacramento King, Duke standout, Sheldon Williams. And they were, the, the, the part of the pregame in, in Los Angeles was they were going to sing the Black National Anthem. And I remember Sheldon sitting down telling me, oh, the, 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 they're going to sing the Black National Anthem. I was like, wait, what? What is the like is that the Marvin Gaye version from 1984? Because if there was ever a black national anthem, it was that. He's like, no, there's there's an actual there's an actual black national anthem. And I'm staring at him like, dude, I did not know this. And he looks at me. I don't know. I know Sheldon wasn't the biggest star here in Sacramento. He's an Oklahoma boy. He was like, Yeah, dude. I didn't know that before the season either. And I was so relieved that someone else didn't know that this song existed. Again, we both knew the song. Neither one of us knew that it was dubbed the Black National Anthem. So that was like 14. So I learned 14 years ago the meaning of this song. And it was actually the NAACP that dubbed it. I think they called it the the Negro National Hymn or something like that. And we talk about how dated the name the NAACP is. Like, I get why you don't change it, because it's, it's historic, but still, the NAACP, you know what the CP stands for. I mean, it just feels dated, but I guess we still use the term CPT. Some of us do. Some of us have best friends who... My best friend, he, he doesn't even abide by it. like even people who live on CPT, look at my best friend and go, oh, bro, come on, man. Seriously, I have to lie to my best friend about what time stuff starts just to try to get him there only about an hour, hour and a half late. If I can get him to where we need to be within an hour to 90 minutes of start time, it's a massive success, massive success. Uh, so, the NFL, I don't know why I deviated that far off, but the NFL has uh, made that announcement. Again, it's just week one. It was Jason Reed of The Undefeated uh, who reported that. Um, this will be interesting for a number of reasons. I think they're doing this because there won't be any fans in attendance. And as we've outlined before, a large portion, percentage, and I forget the exact percentage, but it's 60 plus. I I think it's in the high, high 60s A percentage of people that attend NFL games are older white conservatives. So, you know, without fans in attendance or at least without a capacity house in attendance, I wonder what we're like. Would they do this if Arrowhead Stadium was going to be packed with 70,000 people? on that opening Thursday night or however many people, you know, fit in Arrowhead stadium. Because are we going to get into this thing where white people sit for the black national anthem and black people sit for the American national anthem? Do we have to start calling that the white national anthem now? I don't know. I don't think so, but still. The the, the, the NFL and and, and the topic of national anthems is extremely divisive. And, you know, while I appreciate the praise and I appreciate the gestures from people like Kyler Murray and even my favorite head coach on the planet, Bill O'Brien, if you're new to the show, by the way, that was an incredibly sarcastic statement on my part. I appreciate their gestures of, we're going to kneel this year. I think Baker Mayfield did the same thing. I don't know if they're going to kneel for 16 games or they're going to kneel for one. But the gesture no longer is, it's hollow. Like there's nothing to it anymore. You know what I mean? Like Cap, what what, what Colin Kaepernick was doing four years ago is not what Baker Mayfield and Bill O'Brien and Kyler Murray, you, you know, have committed to do. And I think Adrian Peterson is another one. Uh, the, the, those, it's not the same thing because now it's a, it's a widespread, you know, there's no risk anymore for them to do it. There's no risk in them all getting together and saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do. It's actually been so it's, I think we, I use this analogy before I'll tr- try not to repeat it verbatim, but it's when a, you know, it's when the hip hop group goes mainstream it's when the black eyes pee go, black eyed peas go from that's the joint, that's the jam to, you know, my humps, my humps, my humps. It's, it's different. It, it loses its, I, I don't know, it loses its specialness. It loses, and I don't, specialness is the wrong word. It loses the ability to get people's attention is what I think it ultimately does. But, well, I mean, we'll see, you know, I, I, we've said, we said this when, you know, when I think Adrian Peterson was one of the first people to say something about kneeling. I know Baker did on Instagram, Kyler Murray addressed it. Uh, Bill O'Brien addressed it as well. All those people are already named, but it's one thing to say something in June. It's another thing when September gets here and, you know, there's an actual game taking place, but it's also, you know, everything is going to be different this year, no matter what the NFL decides to do with COVID waivers and fans and, you know, filling up stadiums to certain capacities or whatever they decide to do in regards of fans and attendance. There aren't going to be capacity crowds. There are not going to be 60, 70, 80,000 people in a stadium. Uh, Apparently, unless you're going to see Vanilla Ice this weekend in some random part of the country, you just have to hear Ice Ice Baby. He's doing a concert. It has nothing to do with nothing, but I knew I had to work this Vanilla Ice concert in there somewhere. When you're performing, here's here's a here's a golden rule. If you can't decide what is risking, what's worth risking getting the COVID-19 virus for, a good barometer is if you have performed over a tracked version of your song at the halftime of multiple Kings games in Sacramento, it's not worth risking COVID-19 for. Now, if, Beyonce or Stevie Wonder, if they're performing in the desert, ah, might be worth taking a gamble on. Vanilla Ice, not so much. Put Ice Ice Baby on, turn it up super loud. Or go to YouTube and relive one of the 17 times he performed it at the Golden One Center. The NBA announced yesterday that I had no smooth transition there, so I'm just going to move on to the next thing. Uh, nine more NBA players tested positive for the coronavirus last week. So the nine positives found between June 24th and the 29th bring the overall total of NBA players. This is just players. The overall total of NBA players to 25 out of a pool of 351. So from June 23rd to June 29th. 25 players uh, tested positive 25 out of the 351 that were tested uh, tested positive the NBA also said 10 of 884 team staff members uh, who were tested uh, also tested positive for the coronavirus so we're looking at if you know my math isn't the best and I probably should have done this beforehand but we're looking at over 20 1,200 tests have been administered. 351 from players, 884 for staff members. So over 1,200 tests have been initiated and 35 have come back positive. So the number is getting higher, but it's still nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. I would love to know so there's, it's worth pointing out because I want to present this story in complete form. The 25 players out of 351, those were from the days of June 23rd to June 29th. The 10 of 884 team staff members, there's no date attached to those. And I want to remind you that they have been testing uh, anyone who has gone into practice facilities that have been able to reopen for weeks. For several weeks. So how many of those 10, how many of those 884 were tested during that time? Or were these 884 staff members in the 10 positives? Is this between the same timeframe of June 23rd and June 29th? All of the different articles that I've read and research that I've tried uh, tried to have done on this did not outline specific days for when the staff members tested positive. The only reason I point that out is because players, a certain number of players have been, and I don't know what the number is because I don't think there was, because it was completely unofficial. Uh, A certain number of players had gone back to practice facilities early. They had to uh, abide by the same strict guidelines in which they are now. This is the exact same case for the staff members. They were tested then, and they were tested regularly then. How many of them, if any of them, tested positive? i got to think some did, but we certainly never, like I never heard about any during the, you know, the weeks leading into teams having to be back in their home market, which was June 22nd, you know, in the weeks leading into that, uh, you know, Boston's facility was open. The golden one center had opened, uh, you know, the golden one, you know, where I, I say that, where the practice facility is had opened and, I, I wonder how if the number is any higher. I can't imagine it's significantly higher because if it was, I think we would have found out about it. You know, I told you when this all started, I told you as we approached June 22nd, I thought the number was going to be triple digits. I thought we were going to be a lot closer to, you know, 100. And it's sitting here at 35. I know it's higher than 16. I know it feels like a lot. It doesn't feel that bad to me. And maybe that's because my expectations were for disaster. So maybe that's maybe kind of that's where I'm at. If you didn't set your expectations at disaster like I did, maybe you look at this and you go, "Ooh, 35. That feels like a lot when you're talking about, you know, one group of people. And we're, we're not talking about one group of people, but we're talking about the NBA. So we're looking at 35 positive tests associated with the NBA. It really doesn't feel bad when you consider like how many people on that Clemson football team or associated with the Clemson football team tested positive last week. Wasn't it like twenty? That that's bad. That's really bad. The Clippers shut down their facility yesterday because they had a positive test with someone uh, on the on the traveling party. One of the people who are scheduled to go to Orlando. It wasn't it, the wording. Of the story made me feel like it wasn't a player the wording of the story made me feel like it was a team personnel person but that could have been you know purposely led you to believe that way so people weren't investigating different players and weren't investigating who was around and who wasn't and who wasn't on the conference call and who was and different things like that Uh, but the Clippers uh they shut down their practice facility yesterday so uh, again, Adam Silver said earlier in the week he's pretty confident the league's plan is – is it's it's safe, or it's as safe as it can be. Uh, but, I, you know, we're four days away from the first group of teams uh, heading off to Orlando. There will be teams arriving in Orlando on July 7th, 8th, and 9th. And then once teams get there, they'll quarantine in their rooms for 36 to 48 hours. So it, And, like, they will – the way I understand this, and I I I don't believe that I have this wrong, the way that I understand this is you will literally be in your room for 36 to 48 hours. It's not that you're quarantined in the hotel. It's not that you're you know you're quarantined in the bubble. Well, you know, quarantined. I'm you can't see me, but I'm using the air quotes. You're you're not allowed to leave the bubble uh, for the entire time that you're there. But when you first arrive, you're not even supposed to leave your room. Like, they're, they're delivering food to you. They've already started to take food. or They're doing all of that stuff the first 36 to 48 hours that you're there. So, that number's got to be zero. Someone text, uh, I think someone text uh, the text line 916-888-5898 and asked um, about, like, flight attendants and how flight attendants will have to go to the airports and all of those different things. They won't. Uh, Private flight attendants will they'll be flying in with the jet that's going to pick up, uh, you know, that's going to pick up the team. So they'll be flying in. And the way that I understand it is they're going to be going through testing protocols as well. The pilot, the flight attendants, they're going to be going through testing protocols as well as they head to to pick up the the 22 teams uh, around around at the various airports. So no one associated no one on. No one on a charter that's headed to Orlando will go through. Will, will go through an airport. No one will go through airport security. You know they'll 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 have. You know when you when you're flying charter, not that I would know, but when you're flying charter, you you're normally you're not at a major airport for one. Two, you're you're also operating under a you know different protocols. So everybody on a team flight will be flying in with the jet uh, and will have been tested before leaving their previous destination. So with the idea being you've got to start with zero when you get to Orlando, which is uh, pretty close to the percentage of chance uh, that I would give the Phoenix Suns to make the playoffs. And DeAndre Ayton says, hey, that's okay. You know, we were talking about this crazy NBA year. And obviously David Stern, Kobe Bryant, global pandemic, Four and a half month offseason, you know, towards the end of the season and then the playoffs starting, bubbles, all of those sorts of different things. We had a rare PED suspension this year. Not only was it a rare PED suspension, it was a PED suspension for the guy who was taking number one overall. Completely forgot that DeAndre Ayton missed time this year because of uh, performance enhancing drugs. And he told reporters, he said, We're coming back. We're going to work. We've been working. I don't think he meant to say that. Uh, we thank the league for choosing us to be one of the teams. Well, it's not like they gave you a rose, bro. This isn't the bachelor. Like you're going by default. They needed they needed an even number of teams. Come on, DeAndre. Uh, we're grateful and we're coming back to work. That's about it. Whatever the media has to say, uh, we're just going to use that to add fuel to the fire. He said, uh, you know, we welcome all of the doubters. And I thought, man, I hope that's a big welcome lobby, bro, because y'all. do not have any chance of getting the job done here. And that's not true. I apologize. They do have a chance. It is a 0.4% chance of making the playoffs. Of course, those are just projections, uh, which mean nothing. But uh, I saw that quote from DeAndre Ayton, and it made me laugh. Hey, before we get to the Kings, uh, you know what's better? You know what's better than one metaphorical bubble where you put your league and your players at risk? two metaphorical bubbles where you put your league and your players at risk because apparently uh, we're dying for basketball in such a way that the NBA has had discussions, very serious discussions, about a second bubble in Chicago for the eight teams who weren't invited to play in Florida because who out there is not clamoring for an Atlanta Hawks-Minnesota Timberwolves matchup? Who doesn't think a matchup between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Detroit Pistons won't help you get through those dog days of August? Oh, man. Uh, According to this report from ESPN. Now, to to be fair, I can understand why those eight teams in some way, shape or form would want to play competitive basketball. Because think about it. If you're Atlanta, if if you run the Atlanta Hawks or the Charlotte Hornets or you're Steve Kerr and, and Bob Myers and you run the Golden State Warriors and you're not invited to, you know, you're not going to be a part of what's going on in Orlando. And you've got the NBA finals by the grace of God. You got the NBA finals finishing up and a champion being crowned in, in 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 October. And we're turning around and we're getting right into free agency and all of that stuff. And we're turning around and we're getting right back into camp. You're going from March to potentially at the absolute earliest. And this is a stretch that this happens. But at the absolute earliest November you're returning in the most likelihood. It's probably not till December, maybe even January. So let's go, let's go worst case scenario in in terms of this. Let's say we lose a few games out of the 82 game season next year. And the season starts, let's just say, let's say Christmas. I've been trying to push this opening day on Christmas for months now. So let's go with that. If you're one of these eight teams, you haven't played since March 11th. That's you have you have not had time with your team since March 11th, and it's now December or late November. If you're starting training camp, then that's a really, really long time. So I can understand why some of the teams may want to get together, may want to have some sort of competitive basketball or if nothing else may want to have it, if nothing else, some time together. You know, to have like a you know many training camps and scrimmage games and things of that sort, you could put it on television and have fun. They're looking at a target date of of September, so that would be by September. You know, we're 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 well into the playoffs. We're probably into the second round of the playoffs at that point, depending on how long the first round series go. And it, you know, I don't know if this is something for television. I don't know if this is something that's just for. We need to be able to get our guys into shape. We can't allow, you know, we can't we can't risk waiting until October or November whenever we're allowed to, you know, return after this. Uh, there allegedly the New York Knicks might opt out, which is fine. We don't need to see them ever. They don't even have a head coach yet. They've talked to Jason Kidd. Uh, they talked to Will Hardy, uh, Spurs assistant. I think, I think, fibs. I think Tom Thibodeau is the is the leader in the clubhouse for that job. I think, uh, but they haven't hired a head coach. Not that it matters; they're going to suck till the end of time, and I don't know. We'll all enjoy it together. Uh, but multiple team sources said uh, Michelle Roberts, of course, she is the head of the NBA Players Association, uh, has been steadfast in her assistant that it, uh, insistence excuse me, that non playoff teams follow the same protocol as the 22 teams uh, that will be quarantined in Orlando competing for an NBA championship. That's interesting, because I'd like to remind you, for those of you, and I think I left this out of yesterday's show, so forgive me. I did have it in my notes, but I never brought it up. It is costing the NBA about $150 million to operate this bubble out of the Disney Resort, this metaphorical bubble, $150 million. And you're protecting LeBron James and Zion Williamson and Anthony Davis. Aaron Fox you're protecting all of those guys and here we have to protect the New York Knicks potentially who might opt out which would be okay but we have to incorporate I guess it wouldn't be 150 million dollars because we're only talking about eight teams potentially seven teams if anybody opts out maybe it's only six teams I don't know and why is Chicago What what is it I'm looking at like, like, let's see, proximity, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago. Okay, that's why I answered my own question. It's proximity. Look how look how close all of those teams are to Chicago. Of course, you got the Chicago Bulls that are already there. You got Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota. Those are all, you know, short flights away. And then, you know, Golden State's a little bit out of the way. Charlotte's not terribly far at all. Atlanta's a little bit further away than those two. But a loser bubble. I guess is what you call it or a training camp bubble or a mini camp bubble. I don't know. Let's talk about the Kings because we have got our latest, uh, 10 pounds of muscle story. And that belongs to, uh, Marvin Bagley who spoke with the media yesterday. Uh, first of all, I'm doing, I'm doing great, man. Um, you know, I feel great. I feel a hundred percent being feeling great. You know getting these workouts in and, um, back in the gym. So, um, I'm ready. I'm ready to go um you know it's just about controlling what i can control and uh, keep keep continuing to move forward and get better every day so um, i'm excited i'm excited so bagley sounds like he's ready to go he's in a tank top here Uh, again as always thanks to sean cunningham for the sound uh he's in a tank top he looks like you know he looks like a million bucks right now of course there were reports that he's 240 pounds and he added he added muscle he added 10 pounds of muscle during this During this quarantine, and I saw another story that said the same thing with Zion Williamson shed 25 pounds of body fat and added 10 pounds of muscle. Now, here's I I always make those jokes, and they're always freaking hilarious. However, with Zion and Bagley, it's slightly more believable. The younger a player is, the more believable these 20 pounds of muscle in a four-month span scenario is when you're able to lose body fat and, you know, increase, you know, your muscle percentage, like like it's, it's extremely doable. I was able to do it at what I just did that for like last year. So 38, I was able to do it at the age of 38. It was incredibly difficult for me. And it certainly took longer than uh, a handful of months and it wasn't 10 pounds, but I was able to do it. The younger you are, the more believable those stories are because your body is still going to, you know, even at the age of 19, 20, 21, your body is still getting acclimated to these types of training programs. Uh, and again, Bagley looks like a million bucks. He looks great. Zion looks incredible. You know, so if those two stories out there about, you know, oh, it's 20 pounds of muscle, like we're in peak offseason form here and I'm all here for it. But, you know, Marvin's been one of the questions for the Kings this this. I I keep wanting to say this offseason. he's been one of the questions during this time away. What is it going to look like when he returns? What is the you know? And Luke Walton tried to address that. He was like, you know, we're, we we want to get we I don't know, we want to get him to submit us. We want to see how he feels. We're not going to force anything. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to see. This is tough. Like this can't be looked at as an evaluation point. Like you don't ever want the Kings to be over the course of. You know, these eight games, by the grace of God, if they start in 27 days, you don't ever want them to be at a point where they're out of it and they're just evaluating Marvin Bagley now. You never want that. You can't lose an opportunity in that short a period of time because that would just be a disaster. And there's probably going to be a disaster or two during this restart. And when I say that, I mean as it pertains to basketball, not talking about anything else. We just got to pray nothing else happens. Just as it pertains to basketball – There's gonna gonna be a team that comes out and goes like two and six, maybe worse. A playoff team is gonna be like one and seven, two and six. There's gonna be a team that we thought was really good and go, oh, oh man, did this, did this break? Oh, did what? Did this do a number on the Raptors? Did this do a number on the Clippers? You know, those stories are gonna be out there. But if you're the Kings, you, you can't be one of them. You can't be the team who like two games into the two, two, you know, you're three and a half to start. If you get to three back, you know, you, you hold off, you get the tiebreaker, and you've got a chance to compete for the playoffs against, against the Memphis Grizzlies. You got to win two games in a row against the Memphis Grizzlies. You don't want to be two games into the season and go, well, they're already five and a half back. So let's just start evaluating Marvin Bagley for the next six games. Ah, you don't ever want to be in that case. But I, I think you do want Bagley out there. I think. I don't know. I honestly don't. It's such a – it's such a confu- – it's like a playoff push. It's – it's this is just such an unprecedented season. Like, all of these it, – that's why the the thing with the, the asterisks, I just don't believe. Like, everybody – every team is dealing with the same circumstance. The only way that the title comes into question, the only way that you, like, look down at the title is if – you know, uh, like there's a, a COVID hit, you know, in during the NBA finals, which by nature is going to be almost impossible. I mean, not, not impossible, but like, think about it. Once you get to the NBA finals, think of how fewer people are there. You're talking about two basketball teams at this time. You're not talking about, I don't think you're talking about guys going out to golf anymore. I don't think you're talking about guys going to hang in the player's lounge anymore. I don't think you're talking about guys, you know, mingling around the so-called bubble. At this point in October, like think about how the start of the season feels an eternity away. And it's only 27 days away. The completion of the season is like three months away. That is an eternity. These guys are going to be sick of each other by then there's 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 no golfing there's no player lounge there's no none of that stuff they're going to be in the final series of the season and they're going to be like man let's get this over with stay in your room don't go hang out don't go be around anybody just stay in your room let's get this over with if we can get if we can get to the conference finals without any without any you know COVID breakout or tragedy. I think we're golden. We just, we've got to get there. I think I even go a bit further. I think we just got to get, if we get through the first round of the playoffs, because by then the six teams are gone and then you got, you know, a a handful of other teams from East conference are gone. You're really starting to dwindle the amount of people that are around. I understand why you are letting family and friends in. Man, I don't know though. I don't know that I'd risk it. I understand why you're doing it a hundred percent. But man, that's that's a tough one. because you because because by that point, remember you're letting them in the second after the second round of the playoffs, which means you have probably survived the worst of it. And now you're introducing a whole new group of people into this bubble. Now they've got to go through quarantines and they've got to go through checks and they've got to go through tests and all of that different stuff. But still, at that point, it's like, man, we, we, we made it through the most difficult part of this, and now we're going to introduce a whole new group of test subjects, which is, which is tough. So the point, point in all of that was, is I don't, I don't think this title is tainted at all. If, if, if this title is tainted, then so was the Raptors last year. Uh, oh, by the way, so was the Golden State Warriors uh, when Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving both went out their first title. Uh, of their dynasty, that one's tainted. Uh, we can go ahead and taint the Cleveland Cavaliers one because of the Draymond Green suspension, which is the stupid, lamest, you know, argument I've ever heard intelligent human beings make. But let's go ahead and throw that in there. Let's go ahead and just rule out Houston's two uh, championships, as they don't really mean anything. By the way, something that not a lot of people want to point out: that 1991 Lakers team was decimated by injuries, uh, as was the Portland Trailblazers team that year. So, well, let's go ahead and put an asterisk next to Chicago's first title as well while we're throwing around ashes does anybody else, else got ones that they want to point out cuz that's how dumb you can get with this like you the part of it is surviving the season and this is a season unlike any other that hopefully an eventual NBA champion is 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 going to survive Man, we're done for the day, man. We're done for the week. I appreciate you so much for tuning in, particularly on this day where, you know, hopefully, hopefully you guys are, are, are off. Oh, first of all, hopefully you're employed. Uh, second of all, hopefully uh, you were given the day off and you can go hang out, man, and, and spend the weekend doing something. Uh, whatever you do, man, please be safe. Uh, please be smart. Uh, please wear your mask. Um, please social distance. You know, follow all of those guidelines I'm sure that you hate and all of those different things that you uh, think aren't real or, or maybe some of you don't think are real. But just just follow those, man. Be smart. Look out for others. And uh, we'll be back here Monday. Patreon subscribers, I'll drop some podcasts for you here this week. Kings fans, uh, I'll drop a podcast for you as well. Sacramento Kings podcast. I'll have that for you uh, coming up this weekend. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.